time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Monday, April 11th. Woohoo! This year's going by, and what's going on with the market? So much for that prediction that we hit the high here a week or so ago. Yeah. Anyway, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Talk about relevant timely information. Jack Nunnery and I, my co-host, hooked up with Brian Montgomery this past Friday late afternoon. Normally Jack's out on the bay, but when we're going to interview Brian, he says, I'll forgo from fishing and come on in and enjoy enjoy this interview. And Jack found his podcast voice. You'll have to listen to this. It's pre-recorded, but we're going to be playing that in the second half of this podcast for those of you listening live. So good to have you here with us. We're going to be talking about why it is taking so long to get the FHA commissioner and uh, HUD nominees confirmed. That's one of the things we're talking about servicing. We're talking about it's been tough for first-time home buyers. There's a lot of great information that Brian shared with us from his perspective. And I invited him to come on to the podcast because of how I heard him speak with Jack Connick. Jack was our guest last week, so we're bringing them back from what I heard at the Ledger One conference in Phoenix here, gosh, a month ago or so. Anyway, good to have you here, folks. Hey, we're proud to be a part of this industry syndicate. Encourage you to check out all of the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. Also, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, starting right off with the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. The MBA does a great job of bringing us information timely and is a strong advocate for us on the hill get that mortgage action alliance we talk about it regularly get the mortgage action alliance the mall app out of your favorite online store whether it be apple or google or however you go get it but it's there go get it download it and have that be a part of your weekly routine and be a responsible lender have your voice heard they're doing the work all you have to do is make some clicks and your voice goes right into the hill right to your respective legislators. Also, special thank you to the Nastra's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solutions. Set custom decisioning parameters to help streamline the approval process. Go back and listen to Chris Zingo, who we had as a guest in March 7th. The information is really relative, and we're always interested to see what the number one fintech company in the world is thinking. And Chris did a great job of sharing their thoughts and their vision. Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, these are the two co-ops that we recommend you become members of both of them. I'll never again replaces the MBA, but these two are wonderful ways in which you can connect in a more intimate setting with your peers. Lenders of the same size, find out what's going on, checking peer analysis. What are you experiencing from cost? What are you doing that's working? What's not working for you? And it's these kind of open formats and then getting to know us vendors that are there. I'm there with the podcast. I'm there with Transformational Mortgage Solutions. And it's really important for vendors to get to be a member of both of these as well as the lenders. Such a great connection tool, making meaningful relationships so you have the latest information, know what's going on in the industry. Total Expert turns customer insights into actions to increase loyalty and drive growth for banks, lenders, credit unions, and other institutions. Check out Joe Wellu's interview that we did on March 14th. Did a great job. Total Expert, powerful, the industry-leading CRM and so much more. Also, 
Knowledge Coop does a great job of helping you train your people. Check out Knowledge Coop. They've gone live with their new Knowledge Coop platform, and we're so excited. Also, Mobility MMI and Modic, so you can access data about your loan officers you're considering working with and hiring, and you can find out exactly what they're funding and with whom. Powerful tool when it comes to recruiting something we use here in our consulting firm, Transformational Mortgage Solutions, and helping clients. I encourage you to check out both these. But also Snapbox. Snapbox powers over 3 million mortgage closings last year for lenders in title insurance companies and notaries. Also, Success Kit. You can get unlimited referrals, but can you make it all from your prospects? Trust others more by getting your customer testimonials on your website or being told. I mean, these guys do a great job of collecting testimonials from your customers and then sharing them. It's the best way for you to get business, whether you're a loan officer or a company. Check out successkit.io and also listen to the interview we did with Julian Lumpkin on January 10th. Also, Lender Toolkit. Yeah, I love Brent Brumley and Brent Emler. These two characters are so much fun. What amazing products they have. They have raving fans. NRL says they love this technology because of what it does for them, enabling them to become more efficient. Also, Form Free. Brent Chandler was on on February 28th, again, talking about the innovation that they have, as well as Simple Nexus. We had Lori Brewer on. On March 21st, again, Lori's company, LBAware, was acquired by Simple Nexus. Great story of what's going on with Simple Nexus, and we're so thrilled to have them as one of our newest sponsors. Also, DW Consulting, Debbie Wiemens, as well as her partners that she works with there, help you get your LinkedIn profile right so it attracts the right people. And that's not just for job changes. More and more people are going to check out LinkedIn profiles to find out if they want to work with you. Are you as experienced as you represent? So it's a great way to have your story told and get more business. So also a final thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and of course, my new co-host, Jack Nunnery. Good to have you all with us. Appreciate it. Rob Van Raphorst did not get in a minute to us to his the MBA Mortgage Minute this week, but we've got some updates. Alice will share a little bit with that on that. I'll touch on that, but we wish Rob well and can't wait to have his segment back next week. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Can't wait for this one. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. We feel that rates are rising. That means bubbles go away. Growth stocks pop along with dreams of home ownership as affordability rises significantly. It was down 22% before rates rose 100 basis points in March. In the pocketbook, it seems like the cost of everything is rising, or on back order, what saves us from the Fed's fire hose that puts out the flames of inflation and douses growth? Painful trouble elsewhere in the world lists the dollar and offers hope that rates settle down. But in the meantime, when bad rates make you lose your lunch, there's a bathroom on the right. These views are my own. Don't give up. Look up at tmspotlight.com. Good job. Les Parker combining his talents with Gary Cantrobone. Turns out a great, another wonderful segment. Man, that is true. Interest rates just basis points. What is going on? Thinking of my daughter and her son-in-law just closed on their house, locked it up at the bottom. Well, what, what before rates shot up, good timing. Luke and Christina, way to go. I didn't look at these markets, but check out what Les's newsletter is. It's so timely that you find out what's going on. You can get the paid version for free by using, again, the word power as a code to get into the system. 
Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBSLive.net, is here with us to give us an update on what we have on the economic calendar and probably a whole lot more. Matt, what's going on here, Fred? David, a little bit of everything. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Fred. So, yeah, last week, a pretty crazy one, and yet another week where we thought things might be starting out a little bit more of a bond-friendly note and where things promptly deteriorated. One of those Mm -hmm. uh, beatings will continue until morale improves sort of situations, (laughs) and uh, morale obviously is not improving. So, we had last week, coming into it, it was the second trading day of April, and as we talked about on the show, we really wanted to see how the first several days of April were trading before passing judgment on whether or not the friendly little consolidation we had at the end of March was something that might be a little bit more long-lasting. But things deteriorated promptly, and Tuesday morning was a key moment in that deterioration. It occurred after a prepared speech from Fed Vice Chair Brainerd was released. And in that speech, if you had told me that any other Fed member, well, perhaps other than Evans, had said what she said, I'd just say, yeah, okay, the Fed has said that before. What are we talking about? In a nutshell, just the same old, same old about faster rate hikes and a much faster pace of normalization. And as a reminder for those who need it, normalization refers to balance sheet normalization or the Fed's process of actually shrinking its balance sheet by allowing MBS and Treasury reinvestments to roll off. They set a certain cap, and that cap will not be reinvested that particular month, only anything over that cap. So to give you an idea, I think last week on the show, I think I said it was $6 billion for MBS. It was actually $4 billion back in 2017, and that was the first round of caps for the normalization process. This time around, Brainerd's comments foreshadowed something that happened the following day in the release of the Fed minutes, and markets correctly guessed that her comments may foreshadow a little bit more specificity. So the next day in the Fed minutes, $35 billion a month would Hmm. be the cap for MBS. And that's quite a bit bigger than $4 billion, clearly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's a significant number for another very important reason, and that is when we go and look at the New York Fed's historical MBS purchases on their website, we can go back to 2017 when we were in somewhat of a similar rate environment and also a similar environment with respect to the Fed having fully tapered and being in the process of unwinding the balance sheet. And we can see what the reinvestments were before they started normalizing the balance sheet. And so if you look at those reinvestments and compare them to the number on the balance sheet total, which is like $1.7 trillion, and then look at the $2.7 trillion today and carry the one, extrapolate all of it, it would equate to about $35 billion a month right now in reinvestments, even in a relatively refi-free environment. So all that to say, the Fed is announcing a cap on MBS balance sheet roll-off that is going to effectively mean they're not going to be buying any MBS, more or less, right from the start. So similar stuff for treasuries, Bond markets didn't love it. And the interesting thing we're seeing now is the long end of the bond market that's not loving it. So 10-year, 30-year, 7-year treasuries, all significantly higher in yield, while 2-year treasuries actually had a decent week. Having a decent morning this morning, they're slightly lower, whereas 10-year yields are 8-plus bits higher, almost 2.8 right now. And that whole yield curve inversion, yeah, that only lasted a couple days. And now we're back up near 30 basis points, a big curve steepening. MBS have benefited from that at times 
times, more or less because they are shorter in duration than 10-year Treasury yields and obviously didn't get hurt as much last week, but have still been hurt quite a bit. Average lender up anywhere between an eighth and a quarter of a point from Friday. Average going rate, five and a quarter percent right now. Everybody's wondering how high could it go? It seems like it's incessantly incessant. So one other thought as far as last week's weakness would be that the traders understood that we're heading into a week where we have treasury issuance. It is a holiday shortened week. Japan continues to buy only their own debt and to be a big net seller of uh, U.S. treasuries. We don't have super recent data for that, but we can assume that that's the case based on the previous month's data that we just got, as well as the news coming out of Japan on their focus on buying their own uh, securities. And uh, more Fed speakers. And we are worried to some extent that they're greasing the skids for a pretty hawkish announcement in May, one that at the very least hikes the Fed funds rate by 50 bits and quite possibly starts the balance sheet roll off right now. Earliest guesses were June as of January, and I was one of the earlier guesses there and people laughed at me. I tried to keep my chin up, but now it looks like I may have even been too late and it could be the May meeting. So Dave, I really think that this is the kind of stuff that needs to happen before we can Mm -hmm. turn a corner. Markets are basically trying to keep going all in on with the Fed, call their bluff, price in the worst possible scenario they can imagine. So that way, once we have clarity as to actually what's going on, then we know when it's time to come back and how hard it's time to, to bounce back. But until the process begins, until normalization begins, until we see what liquidity looks like in various parts of the bond market, the path of least resistance is toward higher rates. The faster Mm -hmm. it goes higher, the more potential pressure we're building to bounce in the other direction. But again, to reiterate what I said last week, even though people were calling for a top, it's not something I would bet on and it's not something I would really expect (laughs) or call until you actually see it materialize. And the last thought I have on rates and the future and all that is one thing I like to tell my audience at times like this, when we're watching rates rise very quickly, is that I would much rather be wrong about rates bouncing one time and Mm -hmm. in a very big way, as opposed to being wrong multiple times on the way up as people are calling tops in rates. So we could shift our stance and say, oh yeah, I'm gonna float my rate right now because I think we've seen a top. And you might be right about that and that might feel really great, but I would rather just say, Let's wait until we have obvious evidence that a yes. corner has been turned before we jump on that bandwagon. And yes, sure. rates are a lot higher than we thought they would be while we're having these discussions, but that's where they are. They are where they are. It's so true. Jack, you're always a big watcher of the markets. Jack Dunnery, do you want to opine to this? Usually has a words with Well, thanks, David. Matt, last week you were talking about resistance on the 10-year at 2.77, and it uh, looks like this morning we're testing that resistance. Any thought there? Lucky guess. I don't know. That's what I usually have when one of my technical levels gets hit. But I think the other one I penciled in after this would be 2.83 and 2.91. But as far as a thought as to whether 2.77 holds up as resistance or support in this case, since we're talking about yield, no major thought. I just look at those levels as the next place I would expect to see yields maybe target or congregate if they were to move higher or lower. Not so much as firm ceilings or floors. Yep. David, I'm not surprised by all of this. We were talking several months ago about Jerome Powell's challenge of landing this airplane safely. I think that's out the window now. 
I mean, with concerns over inflation and rising commodity prices and the war in Ukraine and the Federal Reserve's monetary policy going forward, I just think we're in a real bumpy ride. And like I said, inflation's been up almost a year. Oil prices have been up for some time now. All we've heard to date is a lot of talk and a quarter point rise in the Fed funds rate. So it doesn't surprise me to see the Fed reacting so vigorously now. And so buckle up. The next couple months are going to be interesting. And to Matt's point, until we get some clarity, I think you're going to see a real skittish market, both over in the bonds and over in the equity. So here we are. Skittish would be friendly right now. Like one of our listeners just wrote in, the quote of the week, Matt Graham, the beatings will continue until morale improves. How about rates? That's good, Matt. And morale can improve as soon as the beatings stop. Yeah, and figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, go figure that one out. Great segment. Appreciate you so much. Check out what Matt publishes and his website and great content. I've got that behind me all the time. I'm looking at it. Sometimes I keep it behind me because I don't like what it's saying lately, but I do turn around and look at the screen all the time. But it is pretty cool to have that sitting there flashing away behind me when I'm on my conference call. Check out how you can get the extended trial. No credit card required. I put in LOL for looking on lending as the sign-up code. So, Matt, thanks for extending that extended trial period to our listeners. Do appreciate that, friend. Thank you. You bet. All right, man. Have a good week. You bet. You too, sir. Alice Alvius here with us. Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. We're so grateful that Bill and Al and the team there let her get away each week for about an hour to take the ball and shake off a little bit. Okay, Alice, you can go do this. Let's come back here. Get back here right away. We need you so badly. So what do you got for the legislative update, Miss Alvy? Oh, well, thanks, Dave. Well, I think I'll fill in a little bit for the MBA there at yeah. the CTs that they had published today. Just really talk a little bit about the fact that they have now put out a blog post to support the reduction in the FHA MIP premiums, which I talked a little bit about last week. FHA's got a lot of liquidity and actually a little encouragement for folks to listen ahead to the segment with Brian Montgomery, but it is something that we don't see any numbers yet. No one's talking in amount. If you want to know how much, how much, no one's willing to throw that number out yet. We definitely have to wait until the first quarter's report is published to see where FHA stands and how conservative they are in looking forward to some of the expenses that can be in the market and the volatility in the market. That'll all be factored into their calculations. And then we'll have some information to work on and see from there. I love the conversation about the markets. It's Chris Bennett of Vice Capital Markets, just a really intelligent mortgage banker and wonderful human being. I've known Chris for a really long time since he graduated college and just really an amazing person who's very knowledgeable of the bond markets. And he put out a video, for those of you who can find it online, called the Category 5 Hurricane and Bond Land. So it's a really insightful three-minute piece that you can get a little background on what's happening in the markets like Matt and you guys were all just discussing. And he's got a few more out there. There's a video on Hedging 101 and a few others. So for those of you wondering what the heck's going on, there are some great resources and he's the one I recommend. Yeah, he's a great guy. So my one piece for the legislative update isn't a whole lot going on on that front at the moment, knock on wood. So I do want to just give a quick update on some of the rumblings that are out there about the change in medical debt that's going to be impacting credit scores. So effective July of 2022 this year, paid medical collection debt will no longer be included on consumer credit reports. The key word in that sentence is paid. I've read okay. several headlines of, oh, everybody's credit score is going to go up by 100 points because all medical collections are going to be gone. You have to read the fine print. So anything below $500 is going to not be appearing on credit reports, but it has to be paid medical collection debt 
is now going to come off. And, and that's really where the trouble starts. It's not that I have a medical debt. It's that it's when it goes on. Now it's just appearing as a general collection account that's impacting my score. So the, another thing that's going to change is these collection accounts won't be appearing for 12 months. Today they come into a credit score at the six-month mark. The piece effective July 1st is going to be pushing that out, giving people a little more time to solve for any credit misunderstandings, as we like to say, mm -hmm. uh, with their collection accounts. So the $500 piece isn't going to happen until the first half of next year. So that's the other piece. So there's a ton of customers out there. If you go by the CFPB data, it's something like 1.6 billion credit accounts for over 200 million adults every month are managed. And so we're looking forward. This change will definitely help some consumers. So that's the facts on that, Dave. I'll turn it back to you. Yeah, seeing as interest rates are going up, home affordability is going down. Nice to know that mm -hmm. there's something out there that's helping the consumers. Very good, Alex. Yeah. so much. Appreciate it very much. And uh, say hi to Bill and Alan. The team there is such a great company. We appreciate them sharing you so generously each Monday with us. So thank you. And our audience loves your updates. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it. Again, I tell you, everybody, go to our website, look at it, Lenny. You can download all of the updates from each one of these segments. If you want to just binge on Alice, you can go to the website and binge away at all her updates, as well as Alan, as well as Les, as well as uh, Matt, all of it. Anyway, let's get over to, wait, Alan is stuck in an airport. I got a text message from, I want to be on the podcast, but I can't. I'm flying out to NBA Tech. He says, so my flight's delayed. So so he's probably up in the air right now. He's not hearing this. But he will be back next week with a full update of what went on at the MBA Tech Conference. Looking forward to that report. Safe travels. Appreciate you so much. As a result of that, that wraps up the weekly mortgage update. Next week, we've got Troy Anderson with Finastra coming on. Getting to know Troy real well. This guy has got some depth of lending experience along with technology. You're going to enjoy this interview as we talk more about where technology is heading. It's appropriate seeing as the MBA Tech Conference is going on. So we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors again, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Total Expert, Form Free, and now Simple Nexus. Appreciate you all for being here. Share this podcast. We appreciate you. Have a great week, everyone. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.